This podcast may contain graphic and or explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners, especially kids like me. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Real Life Podcast brought to you by the Thin Blue Line for Women. In this podcast, We open up and talk about real-life issues as they relate to first responders. It's raw, it's real, and it's about time. I'm Tamara, your host. Thanks for joining me. Don't forget, you can listen to The Real Life Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and on YouTube. Thank you for joining us. Are you looking for Thin Blue Line gear? It's available on our website at thinbluelineforwomen.com. That's thinblueline, the number four, women.com. Show your support for law enforcement and get your Thin Blue Line gear today. Just click on shop at thinbluelineforwomen.com. There is so much more to a police officer's badge, to any badge, that all first responders wear. But that's what the world sees, just a badge. What's behind and beyond that badge is what people need to know the person. So in this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking with award-winning author and retired law enforcement sergeant Donna Brown. I've had her on the show before, way back in February. So if you want to know everything about her, you can go listen to that episode. But in this episode today, we're going to talk about her book because it's important. So in Behind and Beyond the Badge, Volume 1 and Volume 2, author Donna Brown takes you to those places that few See, First responders have opened their hearts in this book and shared what it's truly like to do their jobs, their favorite parts of the job, and their toughest career-defining moments, and the impact it has on even their families. They're human just like you, and each faces life and all that life has to offer. I mean, good and bad. They're, They're just like you and me. So included in this book are law enforcement officers, firefighters, EMS personnel, 911 dispatchers, crime scene and forensic technicians, and victim advocates. It's it's all of what Donna Brown calls her village of first responders. So listen up to this episode because we're going to talk about why her books are so important in today's world that we're living in. So here we go. Welcome everyone to the Real Life Podcast, and I'd like to welcome back a special guest, award-winning author and retired law enforcement sergeant, Donna Brown. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. So the first time I had you on my podcast was back in February, and we talked about your book extensively. We went into great detail about your life, and we talked a long time. And listeners, if you're listening right now, 
If you want to know everything there is to know about Miss Donna Brown <laughs> and her career, uh, go back and listen to that episode. But this episode today is going to be focused on, of course, her books and how important her books are, but it's going to revolve around the climate that we're living in today. So I want to ask you a, an important question, Donna. Sure. Answer it honestly. So with the the ugly, crazy, uncertain climate that we're living in right now with law enforcement, with them being hated, scrutinized, focused upon, hurt, killed, how important is it right now, in your opinion, for people to pick up your book and books and read them? I think it's more important now than ever. The book, initial book, volume one, was written probably not too long after the Ferguson incident. And the majority of the media attention for law enforcement as a whole was negative. And that's kind of one of the prompts for writing the book. There are over 800,000 law enforcement officers in this country alone. And by far the mass, the vast majority are not just good cops, they're good people. And that's the whole impetus. Most people see only a badge. Behind and beyond the badge is what they need to know. And that's the person. And that's the title of your book. That is correct. Of your book. That is correct. Yeah. So it is hard for the public to see the person because every time we turn on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and the news, all we're seeing is negative. Correct. We're not seeing we're not seeing the the good that the officers are doing. We're not seeing how they're helping the domestic violence victim. We're not seeing how they're helping the child abuse victim. We're not seeing them rescue a person from a burning car. We're not seeing anything positive. Everything is so negative right now. Correct. Everything. Yes. Yes. So then what do we do? I mean, how how do we get our how do we get our story out? How do we get your stories out from volume one and volume two? And how do we convince the public that not every police officer is like this? Bottom line for me, it, it's, you have to put yourself out there and you have to be willing to have those difficult conversations. I've recently been on some uh, webinars with, uh, that was talking about police relations and, and brutality. And there were some tough questions. But at the end, there was some amazing conversation. And invariably, when I do in-person events or lately Zoom events or things like that, oh, yeah. when we have these conversations, I literally see people. It's like their light bulb comes on and it's perspectives that they had mm -hmm. not even thought of. And of course, the stories in the books, it, it's not just about, you know, this is Sergeant Donna Brown and she had a 26 year career. It's all these people truly opened up their heart and it's about uh, the difficult parts of the job, the, the fun parts, um, the effect the job can have on their families. And those I believe are truly the stories that need to get out there. And, and mm -hmm. I know you've read volume two and, there, and one specific story in there, Sergeant um, Scott Angulo, his story amplifies the effect it can have on the people doing the job and on their families. And if anybody reads any one story, it's his to read. And that's in volume that's two. That's in volume right? two, correct. Yes. Okay. But the conversations need to be had. And I think 
Real quick, as a profession, I think we've been closed off to, I don't want to talk about it because people won't understand. But my Mm -hmm. thought process is if we don't talk about it, they can't understand. (laughs) So I'm I'm willing to have those conversations. And I said, I've, Mm -hmm. I've been blessed to have a lot of them. Right. Now, I want to point something out. I want to point out a difference in my book and your books, because I did have somebody on Twitter the other day that ordered your book and was scared to read it. Do you remember? I do. I saw that. Yes. And, and I thought, well, I wonder why she's so scared to read it. But I think she read my book and mine's filled with 11 crime scenes that are so detailed and just absolutely disgusting. And so she was probably afraid to read yours. So, so tell everyone what what your books actually entail. I mean, go go deeper and let them know what they're going to read. Just give an example. Well, I'll give you an example with, with, with Scott's story that I just mentioned. Okay. Scott was off duty preparing to work an FSU home football game here in my hometown. And his son said, Dad, I just saw a bunch of cop cars and heard sirens drive by the house. Scott then heard gunshots. So off duty, he puts his family in a bathroom, his wife, his three children, He goes outside, he gets his vest, his guns, and he goes out and he continues to hear gunshots. Fire truck shows up because the house down the street's on fire. They immediately take on the gunfire. Bottom line is it was a set ambush by this person in the neighborhood. He shot and killed a deputy, which Scott didn't know at the time. He shot and wounded another deputy, which Scott found and drug to safety. And together they eventually found the suspect. Um, He fired on Scott. Scott fired back. And what people didn't realize, Scott's wife and child and kids came out of the bathroom and through their front windows saw all of this. The the family was so traumatized, they ended up having to sell the house and move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that story. Those are just things that that people don't realize. That's what cops do. That's what they deal Mm -hmm. with every day. And it, it affects them and their entire family in a way that these are things people need to know. Right, cops absolutely. cops do these kinds of things, not to that extreme every single day, but right. they always, as we all say, they run to when everybody else runs away. Mm-hmm. Let me ask a, maybe a hard question for you. Do you think that, let's just roll back 30 years, okay? And let's just say uh, it, it's time for us to, to find a department, test for the department and go into the department and start a career. Would you actually start a career in law enforcement right now with this world as it is today? That's a tough question. And, and I've talked to a lot of friends who still do the job. And, and my comment has been, I don't know if I could do the job today. Um, it's such a different climate. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's more difficult for a lot of reasons. And, and back in the day, I didn't have to worry about cell phone video and and body camera, and not that I th- I'm totally supportive of body cameras mm-hmm. and those types of mm-hmm. things and full transparency. Um, but it, it's just a different climate. And I don't know if, if I'd be willing to do it. I really don't. And I totally admire and support those that, that do make that decision and are doing the job today. Mm-hmm. Would you, it's a, would you do the job again? Oh, goodness sakes. Um, I know I turned that on you. I know. And and I'm glad you did. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I could. I, um, 
single mom. I mean, if I die, who's going to raise her? Right. You know, I, I thought of that all the time anyway, but probably not. No, if it was right now and, and they said, go, go test for the department. No, I, I wouldn't do it right now. Yeah. There'd be no way. I mean, what, why? So I can go get killed tomorrow. That's exactly what's happening. Right. And I, it, 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 I, th- I think too, it, it's, it's not just, yes, we all had that, you know, today could be our day. But I, I truly, really didn't enter my mind that I could be sitting in my car doing paperwork in a lit parking lot and someone just walk up and shoot and right. kill me. Um, right. Yes, was I always aware of my surroundings and those types of things, but truly I don't think that was in my thought process because it just didn't happen back then. And nowadays it's it's all too common. And it's because there's a green light. All these, all these I'm going to call them bad guys bad guys and bad girls, they, they, they have a green light. I mean, we didn't give them this green light to do what they're doing, but unfortunately they have a green light and they feel like anything goes right now. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, and I, and I use that number again, you know, I said, you know, and I get with people, I'm like to make a comment that all, all black people are bad or thugs it just simply isn't true. That's not true. Absolutely. So why is it any different to make the comment or believe that all cops are bad? That just simply isn't true. There's bad attorneys. There's bad doctors. There's teachers. I do the same thing. It's like, okay, if there's a teacher at your school that you got notified today that raped, uh, you know, like a 16 year old or whatever, you're not going to hate every teacher and pull your child out of school for the rest of their life. Correct. It's just, you're not going to do that. Correct. So what's, I don't, I don't get the mentality of it. it. It's hard for me to grasp. Well, I think part of it is it's the media, it's social media, and it is the technology. There aren't cell phone video of a teacher raping a 16 year old child. There, there isn't video yeah, inside yeah. A, a, an operating room when a surgeon makes a mistake Yeah, and, and out, we're out in the public. There's, cameras and cell phones everywhere. And mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I truly believe that's a big impetus. And then of course, media, social media chooses to show 10 seconds of a 15 minute video. Exactly. The worst part. Correct. <laughs> they don't show you what led up to that uh, or, right. or any of that. Um, mm-hmm. That's a huge difference in climate from when you and I did. Oh, the yeah. Job. Oh yeah. Now, <sighs> Do you think, well, I don't even know how to ask this question. Um, let's take a quick break okay. and, and, and we'll be right sure. back. Sure. Are you interested in CSI or forensics? The Forensic Science Academy program has been recognized as the premier training program completely dedicated to students who are launching their forensic career. The Academy offers specialized hands-on training modules in basic and advanced crime scene investigation, forensic photography, fingerprint identification and classification, crime scene management, and coroner investigations. Instruction is offered in the form of weekend workshops, online courses, webinars, and seminars. Training at the Academy of Forensic Science will give students the competitive edge employers and agencies are looking for when hiring. Past graduates are now working as crime scene investigators, private investigators, forensic pathologists, 
coroner investigators, forensic nurses, forensic accountants, and even criminalists. The courses are taught by forensic professionals who are experts in the field and hold membership in the International Association for Identification and other professional forensic organizations. For more information, visit ForensicScienceAcademy.org. Again, that's ForensicScienceAcademy.org. Okay, we're back from break. Let's just say that you are um, at a reading and you're reading your book, okay? And an 18-year-old or 20-year-old comes up to you and says, Miss Brown, I'm thinking about being law enforcement and I just want to read your book. I read, I read your other book. I loved it. I want to read volume two. Do you think it's a good idea for me to go on law enforcement? What would you say to that person? Obviously, that's a personal choice. And by that individual actually having read the first book and now wanting to read volume two, I think that's a huge step. I would certainly encourage them, of course, now with COVID, but to talk to people who are doing the job or who have done the job, read everything that they can, read your book um, when they're allowed see if they could do some ride-alongs with their department um, or even attend the Citizens Police Academy. I would do some great soul searching and research before making that absolute decision. Yes. But the books are, are you know, yeah. And ride-alongs are super important. When you go on a ride-along, you spend that 10 hour shift or eight hour, 12, whatever, you'll know by the time you're finished with that shift, with that ride-along, if you are meant to do that job. And if you want to do that. And I job. encourage people because sometimes like business people, they'll go do a, a day shift ride along. And as you know, each shift is different. I encourage Completely. them. I said, I know it's time consuming. I said, but I encourage you to ride the day shift, the afternoon or, or uh, evening shift and the midnight shift. You'll see, mm-hmm. you'll All see different. your community <laughs> in a whole different light. Oh yeah. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be yeah. nice. Yes. It'll be a completely different, yeah. Yes, it's a Mm -hmm. a different viewpoint. You know, I remember remember telling this to some of my non-cop friends at home back in Sacramento, California. I would always say, you know, you live in such a bad neighborhood. Um, You know, can you move or maybe just get some better locks or get some, get an alarm or whatever. And they would say, what are you talking about? My neighborhood's great. And I said, but no, I, I'm telling you, I, I've, I went to your street like three times last week. No, you don't live in a good neighborhood. And they just have this, they have this filter, you know, over their, over their eyes. And they, everyone in the daytime thinks that they're living in this great neighborhood, but yeah, no, you know, that song, the freaks come out at night. (laughs) They do. do. It's, it's people don't. And even in the daytime, I mean, things happen and they're just, they're at work. So they're not, they're not seeing it or they just turn a blind eye. They don't want to believe it. But now, yeah, today our world is so different than even than even last yeah. year. I mean, it's so crazy. And you know, I don't watch the news. I get on Twitter and I, you know, Facebook and I post what I need to post and I scroll through things, but, and that's how I see some things that are happening, but I cannot sit and watch I don't the news. anymore. I cannot sit and like read full stories of things. I just can't do it. I don't end anymore um, unless someone sends me a particular article and it may be with it. Like the one I sent yes, you today. Uh, which I, which I <laughs> yeah. read or uh, uh, something that's yeah. in a national publication that I don't have access to or whatever. They know what I want to read. 
Um, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. the same as you. I just, and it's, you know, it's, it's COVID, it's law enforcement, it's yeah. politics, which it's all uh, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I choose to be positive. And that's why people are getting so stressed out and depressed because it's just a known fact. It's proven that if you surround yourself with negativity, you're going to feel negative. It's that's correct. That's just normal. I'm a believer of what you put out in the universe. You get back. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about okay. your books. Volume one, volume two. Um, quickly, are you going to write a volume three? And if so, what, what would that look like? I'm still toying with that idea of volume three. I know it's been two years now since I, I put out uh, or published volume two. My, my goal is if I do volume three, I want to expand its reach. Uh, you, as you know, a lot of the stories are of people I worked with or knew. Um, many are close to my community. Some are not. They're, they're a little bit around. I want to expand it. And I've made some great contacts with people from other agencies around the country who have some amazing stories. And that will probably be the difference. The premise of the books will be the same, but the, but these stories are really amazing, uh, deep and some just great stories to tell. And, and that would be the goal of volume three. Can you give us a little insight onto like who you would be, featuring um no you want to you want to keep well no um, i mean i have some people in mind and and you and i have talked i i think you have an incredible story and you worked for a larger department out in california which i think that's a viewpoint people need to know about uh what you did for most of your career with crime scene and you know i've included in my books uh forensic people but they were all civilian. And I think you bring a different perspective to it, having been a sworn officer. So I'd like to tell your story. Uh, I think most people know it, but we would actually get nitty and gritty <laughs> with it. Um, and there's some other people that I think other people would recognize that have kind of given me the green light that, yes, they'd be willing to do it. So, yeah, I, I'm 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 more than likely going to do it. It just may not be until next. Well, more than likely won't be till next year, the end of next year. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for being on. Tell everyone the titles of your book again and where they can find them. But also, really quickly, I am selling your books on my website. So everyone listening out there, if you get on thinblueline4women.com, go in the shop, look under autographed books you can find Donna Brown's volume one and volume two, and I'm selling them. They've been autographed by her. She's got a little bookmark in there and I will be sending that to you. If you order from my shop, those are the autographed ones. But if you just want to order from Amazon, they can get them from Amazon. Cool. Too, Correct. Right? So they're both, they're both on Amazon um, and they are available in all formats in ebook, paperback, hardcover, and volume two is now available in audible. Uh, as well, and say your say the uh, it's again. behind and beyond the badge, and it's volume one and volume two. So when you're the the book covers are similar, so make sure you do actually look, and it's volume one or volume two um, when you do order. Um, and same with Audible, it's the same book cover, so it's easily recommended. Mm-hmm. But it, some of my local bookstores carry it. it. If you have a favorite local bookstore, I'm sure they're not carrying it, but you could order it through them. You want to give them the business or Barnes and Nobles or anything, but Amazon's the primary 
carrier of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I have some copies as well. So again, if you want an autographed copy, you can get them from me from thin blue line for women and go in the shop. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy talking with you. Of course. So everyone go buy her book. It's almost Christmas time. I know, you know, someone (laughs) that, that can benefit from this book. Even, even you will benefit from this book. So go out and get it. Behind and Beyond the Badge. Volume one and volume two. Yes. And I, I, I'd encourage it when you brought up the holidays. I encourage it. If you know someone who's thinking about going into law enforcement or as a first responder, a young person, even a family member. If you have a family member who's who's a first responder, it's a good book for you to read. It, I think it'll open up mm-hmm. your eyes as, as oh, well. Yeah. Um, oh, and of yeah. course, if you're not a fan of law enforcement, you somebody's not a fan of law enforcement, I think it's a good read. I think it'll open their eyes as well. I do too. Yeah, because they need to see what happens yes. behind, but yeah, behind the badge, and and that's a human being, Correct. you know, that's going out there every day to protect you and yep. me. First and foremost, that's no. what's behind the badge. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Donna. I super appreciate your Thanks time. Thanks for having me. Take care. Absolutely. The Real Life Podcast was recorded and is being made available by Anchor.fm and its affiliates solely for the informational and entertainment purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided and or expressed on the Real Life Podcast are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and are responsible for all show content and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the agencies and communities that the guests may serve. Some parts of the Real Life Podcast may contain adult content intended for people who are 18 years of age or older. Please listen responsibly.